I'm in uh, Kobe, first time. Really, to complete our, um, it's been a long introduction since September, but to complete, complete the introduction of the Teresa Balsham and to move forward in Mitzvah afterwards with uh, working on different sugis in Teresa Balsham, we're going to learn part of a very famous and and a really groundbreaking mimer from the Lubavitcher Rabbi Shlusielainu. It's called Inyonishal Teres Achsidus. Inyonishal Teres Achsidus, <coughs> which was distributed at the Malachamalka, this is a couple of years back. By the Daphnis some years ago, so this is this is uh, putting into perspective pretty much all that we've been learning until now. <coughs> Obviously, from the perspective of of Chabad Chasidus, but the Rebbe's mind, as you know, is uh, breathtakingly deep and masuda, masuda. So. I would prefer to do it in Lashna Kaidish, but it would seem to be cruel if it's sitting here right here in English and we could do it in English and then there are also some wonderful notes that are in English that we'll be referring to. So just uh, so we'll 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 do the translation. Some of you might have this at home on the essence of Chasidis. And uh and over the next few weeks we could die to to bring it in. So for most of you that anybody that was at the Mavamalka has has it at home. So try to find it and to bring it. And uh, and we're going to be learning most of it, uh, a significant part of it, not the whole thing, but a significant part of this mimer of Inyanusul Torah Chesidus. We'll learn together. Rabbi Shemayer, in the piece that we were doing for the remain for for most of the remaining part, he's also referring to this mimer of the Lubavitch Rebbe of Inyanusul Torah Chesidus. Okay. Many explanations have heretofore been given concerning the nature of Chassidus and the creative contribution which distinguishes it from those parts of the Torah which had been previously revealed. And among them one finds the following. <coughs> What's the Chiddush of Chassidus? <coughs> What's the Chiddush of Chassidus? What is it that Chassidus brought to Yiddishkeit? So there are a number there are a number of explanations the Rabbi brings that we've discussed. And among them one finds the following. Number one. In the times of the Balshamtav, the world was in a state of spiritual unconsciousness. His alphas. I spoke about that the first year. The world was in a state of his alphas means not just the Jewish world. It was the world Bechlal. Obviously, we're more concerned with the Jewish world, but the world, the spiritual world altogether, was in a state of terrible hisalphus, unconsciousness. And through the revelations of the Baal Shem Tev and the teachings of Chesidus, the world was aroused from this condition. Now, you might recall we learned a letter from Chassid, seemed to be a Kaposta Chassid, that's brought down in Keser Shem Tov, <coughs> 
in footnote three, if you take a look, again, just a little bit of a review, putting everything together, this explanation is found in an old Hasidic manuscript whose author is unknown, which we, which we learned together. It has since been printed in Seif Mamarim. When the Baal initiated his movement, the material situation, we're looking at footnote three, the material situation of Eastern Europe, of Eastern European Jewry, economic and political, was precarious. And <clears throat> the religious state was hardly better. The pogroms of 1648 and the false Mashiachs were critical blows that the, peer, that the people barely survived. Their condition was virtually comatose. The, 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 the condition of Amisol was virtually comatose. When a person faints, so this this term that we were we were in a state of his alphas, of unconsciousness. He says when a person faints, there is a tradition of whispering his name in his ear in order to revive him. This is brought down in many svarim that when a person has fainted, if you whisper his Jewish name into his ear, that will revive him. It reaches the etzim, the essence of the soul. The Jewish name reaches the essence of the soul. If you, if you lean over and you whisper to his name, you know, Max, that's not going to work. But but if you whisper his Jewish name into his ear, because a person's Hebrew name has an essential connection to his general life force, it, it reaches mamish into the etzim of who the person is. So if you whisper his Jewish name into his ear, that could be Ma'arahim, that could that could revive him from his state of unconsciousness. The soul of the Balshamtov was the general soul of all the Jews, as indicated in his own name, Yisrael. So the Balshamtov Akadish <coughs> was the Tzadik, thank you, was the Neshama Klolis. His own name Yisrael reaches into the into the essence of each and every Yisrael, each and every Jew, which he shared with all Jews. As Israel's general soul, of which the particular soul of every individual Jew was a component detail. So the tzaddik, the tzaddik, like we were talking about the last few weeks, especially when we're dealing with the Baal Shem Tov, who is Mi'chidei Hadoros, and his name is Yisrael. When his name was whispered in, into the ears of the Jewish people, it revived them. It brought us out of this state of his terrible state of unconsciousness, of his of spiritual unconsciousness, of his alphas. We, we have uh, we've drifted off over the years, and we're waiting for for Mashiach to, to whisper his name in our ears. That's to, to revive us from this last part of Golis that we're in. But Yisrael. The name Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and not only Yisrael, but Yisrael, he's called Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, the master of the good name, Baal Shem Tov. Which, of course, Baal Shem was a name that was not only for the Baal Shem Tov, Baal Shem meant people who are great spiritual healers, and, and healers Bechlal were called Baal Shem, that you Shemus of Hashem. But Yisrael Baal Shem Tov was the name that was whispered into the ears of the Jewish people. And the, the, the Baal Shem Tov's purpose and mission was to revive all Jews. All Jews, even the lowliest, from their unconsciousness. And to connect even the lowliest Jew with the essence of God. That's the Baal Shem Tov. 
So that's the first explanation. It doesn't really go into the... This explanation does not, does not touch upon the, the nature of Torah's Achsidus, just that the Bolshamtav was brought into the world to revive us from the state of unconsciousness. And that somehow the teachings of Chassidus, through the teachings of Chassidus, the world was aroused from this condition of unconsciousness. That was true then, and it's true now. Two, second explanation that was given, that's been given in this form, is on a very, very simple level. The definition of the Gemara. A chassid is one who does more than what is required by the letter of the law. A chassid, according to Chazal, the old definition of the word chassid, is a person who does more than is required by the letter of the law. The Mishil Sashar Minshar Chassidus explains what that means. The one who always goes above and beyond to do whatever he's able to do, more than the expectation, more than what is demanded by halacha. As our sages of blessed memory have said, the one who burns them, meaning the nails, is a chassid. Even though he might be harmed thereby, the person who, instead of throwing out his nails, sarf on the Gemara says chassid, even though by doing that he's uh, playing with fire, nevertheless, there's a person who does the, his utmost best to fulfill the will of Hashem. That's just an example. There are other examples. But again, the Ramchal discusses this at length. In footnote 4, on the right side, In the, in the Maimur Padah B'Shalom, it's explained, according to Torah law, one should desire and is allowed to pursue spiritual enlightenment for one's personal sake. And to strive for one's own spiritual interests. There's nothing wrong with that. According, on a deeper level, is explaining what it means, chsidas or lifnim meshur sadin go beyond the letter of the law. The letter of the law tells a Jew that his avodas Hashem is for the purpose of perfecting himself. That's the letter of the law, for becoming, for becoming um, a great person, for his own, pers- to, for his own personal spiritual, li- spiritual enlightenment, and for his own spiritual greatness and perfection. A chassid, though, is one who reaches beyond that level. And has no self-interest at all. It's not. It's not a matter of my personal greatness, and what I can become, and the points that I can score, and the place that I get in Gan Eden. It's it's an avoda that's completely selfless. An example is given of Moshe Rabbeinu, who wanted to enter, who wanted to enter Eretz Yisrael not for his own attainment of spiritual revelations from on high, even though that, of course, for Moshe Rabbeinu that would have meant for him to connect to everything and all of the pieces to come together by him entering into Israel. 
But that's not why he wanted to come to Israel. As Chazal tell us, and Shabbos and Taisa says over there, that's not he, that's not why he wanted to come to Israel, but rather so that the entire Jewish nation should have the ability to elicit godliness into the world. The Meshavim wanted desperately to come to Israel to bring to the Tikkun of Am Yisrael through his ability to complete his mission in the world to be Mekayim the Mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael and to teach Am Yisrael Torah in Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't about his own personal satisfaction, spiritual satisfaction. So this concept of the Gemara, that a chassid is somebody who is mischaseid imkono, a chassid is a person who goes the extra mile, lifting the adin. This is taken a step further in these mamarim of chassidus to say that a chassid is a person who bechlal, who his avoda is not for himself. The tachlis of his avoda, he's mavatl himself, and the tachlis of his avoda is am Yisrael and and for and not for himself. Turn the page. The third explanation. Is that also is that not the chiluk that Tanya makes for Tzadik Gomer and Tzadik Shuna Gomer? Yeah, complete bitl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Three. Except that Sadiq is a person that Mamish doesn't have a, a thought for himself. Mamish does not even the tiniest little trace of self. He's talking in more of a general way. A regular person says, oh, to be as selfless as possible. But Sadiq, uh, even Enogomer and Tanya, is a different Madraga. Three. So the Rebbe is moving to, to, to more advanced levels. Again, what is the Chiddush? The different explanations of what is it the what what did the Chassidus bring to Klai Yisrael on page twenty two? If you should just be on the other side, no? I see because I, I see flipping going on and stuff. I look confused. Okay, three. The distinctive quality of Chassidus is that one's natural faculties are transformed into godly faculties. As the Alter Rebbe, author of Tanya Shulchan Aruch, said, the entire idea of Chasidis is to change the nature of one's attributes, is to change the person, to, to penetrate to the depths of the person and to transform the person. This means to change not only one's natural characteristics themselves, but also the very nature of one's character. To understand this a little bit more, let's read footnote 7 together. Rabbi, you can't say the Torah in general is for this? There's, uh, with each of these that we've done so far, to awaken a person, to make a person into a, into a chassid, meaning somebody that goes the extra mile, and, and to transform the person, it's certainly true, and the Rebbe acknowledges that. That's certainly true about Torah B'chlal. We'll see in a little while. It's, these are all certainly true about Torah B'chlal. That's why the, the Rebbe is leading us up to the Nekudah HaPnimis of how is it that Torah HaChsidus does something different regarding all of these points that we're learning. But that's, to, that's coming up soon.
In footnote 7, there are three basic souls in every Jew. The godly soul, the intellectual soul, and the natural soul, the nefeshachiyunis. Nefeshachiyunis, nefeshachiyunis, and nefeshachiyunis. Each of these three souls contains a full complement of both intellectual and emotional faculties in accordance with its nature. The natural soul is called the animal soul. For all of its desires are directed toward materialistic, animalist, animalistic ends. Animalistic doesn't mean it's terrible or bad or wild. As you know, animalistic means for, for selfish, personal reasons. The intellectual part of the animal soul engages in rationalizing actions according to its own understanding. So within the Nefesh Abhamis, there is the intellectual soul that always rationalizes in rationalizing actions according to its own understanding. That, that part of a person that, that rationalizes, like, why, why am I sleeping in this morning, you know, not going to shul, then it's not just for, for a more sophisticated person. It, it's not enough to say, I'm just an animal. I mean, I'm just an animal. In other words, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm just enjoying it. It's cozy. And I'm enjoying it. It's cold outside, and uh, I'm enjoying this. He does, it, it's not enough for, for a fine person to, to just go straight Nefesh Bahamas. Nefesh Bahamas is like, without any, any without undiluted Nefesh Bahamas, is, I'm a behemoth, and this is great. That's undiluted Nefesh Bahamas. I'm just enjoying this. Children are like that. They have no Indian... There's no Indian that they have to rationalize this. Just straight, in seconds, just straight Nefesh Bahamas. Now, where does the Nefesh HaSichlis play into the Nefesh Bahamas? When the person, when the person says, you know, uh, I've been having a problem with my back lately, you know, or uh, could be dangerous, it's uh, cold outside. It's cold outside. Um... The, uh, in Shulchan Aruch, it's not clear that one is chayif to actually daven b'tzibur. It's not clear. It only says, yishtadel, yishtadel, it's a lashon of yishtadlus. So there are all kinds of, uh, all kinds of intellectual uh, rationalizations that one can come up with. Uh, the shul is, I don't like the people in shul, they bother me. I can't concentrate in shul. Uh, there was a fly on the window the other day. Uh, whatever it is, there's a lochaser. Are different reasons why a person would rationalize. Is that better? Is it better? I say, let's just finish a little bit. One second. The point, the point is what he's saying. The intellectual part of the animal soul engages in rationalizing actions according to its own understanding and is concerned with self-preservation and self-justification. That's the nakuda of, of how the nefesh ha-sikhlis in the nefesh ha-bahamis will try to intellectualize, rationalize, justify what's part of a... As it's, it's, is it better? No, it's not. That's not. That's not the point. We're just, we're just musagim. Let's not get into that because we're not going into this right now. Better or worse, that's what it is. That's what it does. The emotional part of the animal soul is the evil inclination. That's what's called the Yetzirah, which is the only term that's used in, tradition, in traditional quarters, meaning in non-Chassidic quarters. They don't talk about nefshal kids, nefshal They just say. Anything that's going on inside of me that, that's not bringing me to a better place, they just generally call the Yetzirah. The truth is that that's a, that's a very, very um, general term, and, and, it, uh, and it doesn't really get to the bottom of things. But the emotional, that's really, we're taught in the Swarm that the emotional part of the animal soul is the Yetzirah. 
meaning the emotional part of the animal soul is the inclination to do evil. While the intellectual part of the animal soul is the means of justifying the act. So the Yetzirah, old-fashioned term Yetzirah, Yetzirah, that already is the uh, emotional, the emotional desire to do something which is wrong, more serious than than just uh, staying in bed a little bit longer. Using any any other example that we we, we could. Well, the intellectual part of the animal soul is the means of justifying justifying the act. Of justifying the act. So a person can uh, a person can steal, God forbid, um, at work in different ways, or. Um, my wife was, was sharing with me an article that she read recently uh, about about uh, how it's understood as it as a given in certain circles, not Jewish circles, but in certain circles, it's understood that because you were deprived as uh, as a child, therefore society society uh, owes you something. Society owes you something, and because society owes you something, you're entitled. To, to dip into other people's pockets, to to steal outright because society owes you that. So there's a there's a justification. That's the nefesh asichlis, which is very dangerous. So the nefesh asichlis um, connects to the nefesh Bahamas to justify, to rationalize intellectually one's sins or one's failure when it comes to serving Hashem. Until one has the appropriate instruments with which he can correct the inclinations of the animal soul, one must first break one's natural desires. Now that term breaking is one that is found in the Musa's farm. And the Musa's farm, for the most part, stop at that point to break one's natural inclinations, to break, to stop, to break, put an end to. To to, um, to to break one's natural desires. And that's, that's of course, true, that one has to break one's habit of, uh, of uh, alcohol or whatever other bad habits he has to break, to break the natural desires and so on. That's not the tachlis. Many, many of the Muslims stop at that point because the, the tachlis there is to be a better person, to be a good person, and, to, and a good person doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't indulge in, in certain desires or is moderate in, in, uh, in his behavior. But that's not the tachlis. <clears throat> of course, true divine service, Hasidus goes way beyond that. We're going to be talking a lot about this. The true divine service, however, is not breaking. That's not the tachlis of a voter to break. You spend your whole life breaking, breaking your, your desires. That's that's the preliminary initial avoda, and one can't fool himself. Of course, there's a breaking that's necessary, but that's not the tachlis. The fixing, the mending, is the tachlis. Tikkun is the tachlis. The Bereshit didn't bring us into the world to break. He brought us into the world to fix. Now, if something is wrong, you have to take it apart, and then you got to put it together the right way. It's like, it's like 
unplug this if you don't mind. That's the tachlis. The tachlis is the tachlis is is fixing, mending. And one begins this service of mending with the intellectual soul, the middle soul. Now the the tikkun, the avodah of tikkun. Of course, this is the centerpiece of the way of chabad, is to use the intellect, is to use the mind. And since the klal is that moyach is shalit alalev. No, the mamarm, there's something that's called pnimius alev, which is even deeper. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into that right now. But the moach, the pnimius alev is more powerful. But the moach, the mind, has control over the desires. <coughs> to engage the mind in that avoda of tikkun. It's not just a matter of breaking my, breaking my desires. The tikkun comes with, of course, with the lifting up my desires to elokus. And those, instead of wanting instead of wanting and, and desiring to stay in bed, the person is able to lift himself into a place where he wants and desires to learn and to davenance. He takes the midah v'ahava to a higher place. He fixes the midah v'ahava. This is a basic teaching in all of Chassidus, where when a person loves the wrong thing, the essential quality of love is holy, is pure. In his situation... He loves uh, he loves spare ribs and sushi and sleeping and so on, and I'm only using innocent things. There, there are worse things than that, and and he loves he loves things of the goof. And this is not going to hurt me, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. that's all right. So he he so he, he he loves he loves those things of the goof. The tachlis is to begin with. You have to break. You have to break that hold that the that those physical things have over you. The avoda of moach shalit alalev of the mind taking over, grabbing hold of the wheel. The avoda of the mind grabbing hold of the wheel ultimately leads to tikkun. Tikkun means it's not a matter of breaking this desire; it's driving this desire to to get me to better places. That's, that's the tachlis, to take this desire, it's a powerful desire. The midah v'ahava is very, very powerful. It's a, it's a very holy midah, it's the sphere of chesed, it's a very holy thing. But I, I, it's been taking me like to the wrong places, I, I end up in bad places. So instead of this midah v'ahava taking me to some club, God forbid, it takes me to shul, it takes me to base madras, it takes me to someplace good. And not only does it take me to someplace good, it's, it, it's the source of tremendous energy and good, tremendous passion and energy, as we've spoken about many times, a certain passion that the nefesh will kiss on its own doesn't have as much. The, the nefesh Bahamas, nefesh Bahamas is, is Bahamas. It's very, very passionate and very strong. So the tikkun <coughs> comes through the nefesh ha-sichlis, through the, the seichel. And one begins this service of mending with the intellectual soul, the middle soul. The instrument, the instrument, the most powerful instrument of the intellect in fixing the animal soul, fixing and redirecting the animal soul, is the study of chassidus. Musa really doesn't talk about this, very, very rarely, very little. Of course, it's found here and there, because all of 
because Chassidus itself is, is all based on Torah, therefore there are, there are Chazals, there are teachings, there are Pesukim. But it's certainly not the focal point of Musa. The focal point of Musa is getting the animal to, to stop acting up, getting the animal to behave, not for the animal to take you to better places, but to get the animal to stop acting up, get the animal to behave, to behave, to, to, to act like a mensch. That's the ikr. And that's mostly what we heard growing up, to be a mensch, to act like a mensch, to stop doing this, stop doing that, stuff. And therefore, most of most who grew up in from homes and went through the, that world, the, the, the word that they, that they heard more than anything is stop or no, don't. <laughs> the same way that you talk to a behemoth. The same way you talk to a behemoth. And also, in some situations, that, that, that when, the, when the behemoth doesn't listen to stop and no, so then you take out the whip. Or you kick, or you, and, and okay, that became less acceptable in our days. But kicking and beating and, and whipping was uh, is another way to get the animal to stop acting like an animal. One begins this service of mending tikkun. That's the tachlis. The tachlis is not breaking. Chachmanis when you when an animal can't be an animal, no, it's chachmanis. When an animal can't be an animal. Even as a kid, I remember being very sad when they had, like, when they put a dog, like, into a sweater and shoes, you know, and, <laughs> and having, like, served drinks or something. It's Rahmanis. <laughs> it's like, like the animal's parents don't have nachas from that. This is what, this is what we had you for. You should walk around making believe you're a human being. Uh, an animal's uh, an animal. So the tachlis of the animal is not to, to make it into a human being. The tachlis of, an, of the animal soul of Nefesh Baham is that it should be an animal for HaKadosh Baruch. should be an animal for Hashem. It should be, uh, should be with that energy of an animal. The Nefesh Baham is Rav Truas B'Koyach Shor. It says in the Pesach that an ox has tremendous koach. It's an ox. You take a man to the field, he could produce much more than a human being. You tie up the thing to a human being, he slaps for a few minutes, he's finished. And he doesn't have much to show for it. But if you take an axe, Rav tuas b'kayachshar, an axe is able to is able to make a panosah for you. He's able to he's able to change things, bring out a lot of stuff. So the tachlis is the tachlis is not to break the animal soul. It's rachmanis. It's rachmanis. Somebody was telling me the other day about how uh, the doctors for the last three years have been giving his kids and his kid one of the kids because he has a kid that has uh, you know, all these inyanim acting up in school. And the school can't deal with it, and the school the school uh, said you can't come back unless you do this and go there and whatever. And the kid has been for the last three years injected with stuff, and he's become like a zombie. Now it was this kid because he, he because he can't be in a classroom. It's understandable. He can't be in a classroom. He's messing up the class because he's bouncing all over the place. He stands up. He comes here. He goes there. Because like, like some of the adults in the show uh, that that were like that when they were kids. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Just watch. Like I always talk about the. the the March of Saints during Chazaza shots, where 70 people have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden, or you have other individuals who have to step out and go and talk to people and check the halls and to see the lights and to see how is the supply of tissues in the, in the, uh, in the bathrooms and the, the hula hula. This March of Saints is, is just something that's from the time that their children playing out as they get older, which wasn't, which wasn't thank God, resolved medically, because that's what happened to this kid. And uh, and what happened? This father was telling me that his child, for the past three years, is, is has no life to him. 
has been literally drugged to the point of of lifelessness. You know, he's barely, he just smiles a little bit and, and walks around, and that carries through in the summer also. The schools, this can't come, the kid can't come back to school because he just makes everybody crazy. The Rebbe can't deal with him and so on. I always believe that it would be a different Rebbe that he could deal with him. Okay, but it's, if you have 30 kids in the class, it could become, I, I, don't, I don't envy that Rebbe, and I don't know what I would do. But the school says, listen, you, you, you can't, we can't have this kid in class. It's just not this guy. You know, he's messing up. He can't teach anything. He calls out. Because they say that same, that same, it's the same teva. To ask a thousand questions that don't, what are you asking a thousand questions? What is this question? It's the same teva. You have kids in class. They make it impossible to conduct a class. The same one, and then you have that same kid. He'll, also, he'll ask ten questions, and before the baby can answer it, he's already been four trips to the bathroom, right? This is any, any teacher knows this. The one that asks the most questions, which a lot of them are not cautious to begin with, uh, because he's got all kinds of inyanim going on in his head, bouncing all over the place. The rabbi says, now, let's get to, and then he's gone. <laughs> what happened to him? I mean, this is a very common thing, and it's hard for a rabbi to deal with that. Any, any rabbi in a classroom, it's hard to deal with that. So this kid has, has all of these inyanim, and he's a sweet boy. I know the boy. He's a very, very sweet boy. But they, they gave him stuff, and he's like, out of it. That's not the tachlis. That's the tachlis. This kid could be the most unbelievably, unbelievably uh, productive kid in the world, more so than a lot of the, 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 the well-behaved uh, children. If somebody would know how to harness this, and to fix this, right? that's a big chachma. It takes a lot more time than just giving them a pill or shooting them or something. How to fix this. So more than ever before, more than ever before, medicines, uh, all kinds of drugs are being used for, for chavr. That's a very big sugya. I'm not a maven in any of this stuff, but I just talked to a lot of parents about it. And there's a lot of pain in the community over this union of, of, of the drugs. and uh, There's a lot of pain. And, and when it's your kid, when it's your kid, you see how it affects the kid. And the kid walks around sad or depressed. Little children, I'm talking about four, fourth graders, fifth grade, they're depressed. They're, like, they're on stuff. So it's Rachmanis. It's part of the overall shitchias shallow, superficial, ineffective way that we go about doing things in, in, in Chinuch. Yeah. When they study guys who run JetBlue and all these big companies, they have all these things. Every single drugs. initial, ADD. If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by Tzadikim, too. They would have been drugged. In their, if it was, if the guy yeah, it could be uh, Sir Isaac Newton. That would have uh, <laughs> uh, been sitting around reading comic books. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a joke, it's true. It's true. These these people, big big baliyavayda, what they say about uh, about certain sadikim, Rabbi Chaim Briska, Rabbi Aaron Cutler, they were like mamish off the wall. Really, off the wall. Rabbi Aaron Cutler would not have been allowed to stay in any yeshiva, <laughs> if not from the altar from Slobodka, It's well known. Yeah. The altar from when 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 Rabbi Aaron came to Slobodka, they say he was mishiga, like mishiga, and the altar from Slobodka was the greatest greatest mechanech. The greatest teacher, the Alter from Slobodka, he took that unbelievable koach, that animal of Rabaran, and he made Rabaran to the God of Lador. So Rabaran, even when you would hear him speak, I heard I heard a, a tape of him. He couldn't talk. He couldn't talk in a way that you could understand. He was he was in the middle of sentences. He was running to other things because of his brain. He couldn't he couldn't talk regular. It's almost impossible to understand. The, the shir, the, the, what they wrote is much, much, uh, makes it much better because we could read in the, But when he was talking, people that were there told me that it was very, very hard to follow. It was all over, he was all over the place. 
all over the place. <coughs> There's nothing wrong with it. That's his teva. You're not allowed to say that. You're allowed to say it was a big tzaddik. That was his teva. There were other tzaddikim like that. That tremendous, tremendous kaiches. And 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 if the, if a baron would have been in, in, in a yeshiva nowadays, that mind of a baron, they would have thrown him out, and they would have said, "Listen, if you want your little arulet to come back, you're going to have to do something about that." And then they said, "What, what should we do?" And they said, "We heard of the good doctor and." And you lit or something and take him to the doctor, and then they give Rabaran Kotlin, there would have been no Rabaran Kotlin. Can you imagine? The world without Rabaran would be a, different, a dark world. And, and <clears throat> that's not the Tachlis breaking, the Tachlis is fixing. But fixing requires the Nefesh HaSechlis. That already takes a lot of thought how to fix. How to fix. It's much easier to throw out of school or to or to give drugs. But how to fix is a tremendous chachma. And 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 people that could do that, they're unbelievable. People that could do that, they know how to fix. It's unbelievable because then you have <clears throat> the energy of the nefesh of Bahamas that's being that's being used for uh, uh, for the toelis, for the tachlis of uh, of goodness. And this guy had this guy's got a souped up car, you know. Ravarin's brain wasn't a regular brain. It was a souped-up brain that took him, whoa, all over the place. But in Kedusha, where that same mind, we lost, unfortunately, in those years, we lost many very, many great minds. We lost to the Maskilim, and we're losing, we're losing great people nowadays also. But back in those days of the Haskalah, so when, when everybody was from, and, and, and you had some of these, these people that they, could, that they, couldn't, uh, they couldn't handle, you know, there are stories about what the, what the Chavis Chaim said about... Uh, about the famous uh, label, label better known as Leon Trotsky. You heard of Label Trotsky? You never heard of Leon Trotsky? Yeah, Leon Trotsky. So no, he's a big Russian. He was a Jew. The Chavetz Chaim. He was Label Trotsky. The Chavetz Chaim said that that, that uh, the Chavetz Chaim said it's brought down. There are those who say that the Chavetz Chaim never said it. it's not true. The Chavetz Chaim's son said it, and he heard it from the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim uh, said that that. Label Trotsky was a was a brilliant, brilliant, uncontrolled type of a kid, and and uh, and his rebbe ruined him, and and because of that he became an enemy of Torah, an enemy of Avami Yisrael, and so on, and he left Cheder and he was thrown out of Cheder, and the Chavetz Chaim used to cry about. It. He said, "You know what this what Trotsky could have done for Avami Yisrael? Mm-hmm. Label Trotsky. And what he could have done? There were many such people, and there still are people like that that they that they." They uh, they end up someplace you know in a, in a back alley, uh, Central Avenue somewhere, hanging out in the powerful, powerful minds and powerful hearts that just didn't fit into the into the program and and uh, and then everybody's saying how could this guy be t- so hooked on drugs? The answer is you started him off with drugs. What do you mean? How does he get hooked on drugs? Who gave him his first pill? <laughs> he didn't he didn't start off in, in fourth grade uh, buying from some pusher. You, <laughs> He, he, uh, he wasn't. He wasn't on the street when he was a little kid. He started giving him, started giving him medicine. Then he called it medicine. Now you call it drugs. Then it was called medicine. Now it's drugs. Now he buys his own stuff. Now he gets his own stuff. But the bottom line is that he's like spaced out because uh, he, he couldn't. He couldn't behave according to the program. Again, I'm not saying that I would know what to do with a kid like that in class. Uh, it's a tremendous challenge. I'm not being chalil. I'm not criticizing principles or parents, because it's, it, it could be a Gehenim in a class, it could, it could be a Gehenim in a home, and, and a desperate person, you know, 
especially if you don't have a television in the house. It used to be you just threw a kid in front of the television. Mm-hmm. That's another way of making him into, into a zombie. You just put him in front of the television. He's just there for a few, for, you know, hours. Mm-hmm. And and so you get these wild kids that sit in front of the television. Uh, it's another way of drugging somebody up. It's, it's less harmful in many ways than the uh, stuff that goes into the veins, but it's pretty bad, too. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a way of just getting this kid to behave. It, it, when I was a kid, that's what, that's what, uh, that was much more popular, just to, you know, television. <clears throat> that was much more popular. Now it's getting more, uh, it's getting a little more scary with the drugs. Yeah? No, it would have been tikkun. It would have been it would have been the ultimate tikkun. But I don't want to go into other It's it's a good question, Ruvain, But it's taking us into a big a big discussion. It's a good question, but it's not for now. So this is the 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 main instrument that we have. The main instrument that we have is the study of chassidus. Is learning chassidus. Because the, because the inner point of chassidus is this tikkun. Chassidus concentrates on the tikkun on the fixing and the mending, not the breaking. Although it acknowledges that there needs to be an initial period of, of breaking, but that's, that's, only, that's only if we can get the person to sit still a little bit and move forward with the tikkun, with the mending. <coughs> yeah. The instrument is the study of chesidus, which includes the contemplation of those ideas which are in consonance with one's level of understanding, to reach into the deepest part of one's understanding and to, and to enter into the, into the heart and to the mind of the person to show him, to explain to him what, what his kaychas and nefesh truly are, what his kaychas and nefesh are, not just to say, stop doing that, but to show him what his kaychas are and that he has tremendous, tremendous kaychas and nefesh to understand what this koach is and how he could use this koach in, in, in a positive way, in a good way. Now that already, it's very hard to do when you have 30 kids in the class. It's very hard. They have to have more personal attention and so on. Within the next five years, there are going to be more seats in the class than, th- than, than kids. They'll have like a couple extra, just in, one, in case one of the seats falls asleep or something. You know what I mean, to see it. You know what that is? You don't know what that is? is I'm saying the wrong word, maybe. Is that what's cool? It means that the children, that, they, that, the, that the teacher says, I can't. And, and, they, and instead of throwing the kid out, so they, they hire, the family hires, sometimes the schools have some of these, I, I don't know. Shadow. Oh, shadow. Yeah, yeah. It's also called cool seed. I thought I heard that, I don't know. A shadow. Uh, so you have, so you have, uh, so you have somebody that, like an adult that does that and sits, ne- sits next to the kid, right, and helps the kid to, to stay on course. In the beginning, when that started, it was an unbelievable stigma. People tell me now, like the, that, like the kids are jealous. Like, how come you don't have like a? <laughs> how come, like, what's the matter with me? How come I don't have like a, my companion? Like, where's my, where's my shadow? What? There are shadows in, see, in camp. Is a camper that walks around with a guy? Have an extra counselor in the bunk, but his job is to focus on that kid. Camper, so that. Other camps don't necessarily know that, that he's for that. They think he's just like an assistant he's, counselor. He's a counselor. But in the, in the, in the meeting, they told him, like that kid. Yeah. Even in camp, where kids are supposed to run around, he's got a shadow wherever he goes. The shadow lurks. Unbelievable. 
Again, I'm not criticizing, you know, because how do you run a place when you got these kids? I understand that. But in the past, you know, I don't know how, how it was. I, mem- I remember, like, when I was in school as a little kid, there were, there were kids like that, too, that were all over the place. And I, and I knew how the Rebbe would deal with it. That's how the Rebbe dealt with it. Beyond Chazakim is drawn to you. The Rebbe would say, the Rebbe would say, sit down, are you crazy, you nuts? What are you doing? You have the kid that would go to the bathroom and walk around and stand in the back, like, stand there. So the Rebbe would just say, you're crazy, what are you doing, you're crazy. Stop doing that, you're crazy. Maybe it worked. Huh? Maybe it worked. You don't have to drug them, you, you just put them in their place. There isn't any like that. Look at the first time and look at them around. The Rebbe Nachman talks about what you do with them with sugar, right? You can't say that nowadays. And it doesn't, to mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to physically hit, but, but there, there, there's some disciplining. I, I, I don't know, and I'm not getting into that, but, that's, but that, I agree with that. that it, it, certainly in the earlier times, that it, did, it did to a large extent work, but in our times, we already know that this Indian already is almost bottom of hotel that it should work. Nowadays, it doesn't work. So I, I don't know what... So when you're a Rebbe in class, or you're a teacher, and you got one of these kids, what exactly can you do? To, to, and you want to teach... You get up there to teach. So I have like my uh, one of my daughters. So she was doing the worst thing to be in a school is a substitute. You know that's like the worst <laughs> because that's like forget it. That's like mamish Gehenna. <laughs> so one, so my Khani, So she was doing that this year. She moved back from Baltimore and she got a job in one of the schools. She's, so she's she's doing that. Like they're not gurus from the second you walk in. Like it's it's mamish Gehenna. and. Uh, and she just she would come home and such Rachmanis and she would start to cry. She said, I, I don't know what to do. I try to I try to be nice, I try to be strict, I try to get prizes, I try and they're just they're just like five kids in the class. Girls. Girls. She says that just that just like torture her. She doesn't she doesn't know what to do. So what is it what does a person do? What does the teacher do? You wanna you have you come in with all this material she was preparing, it's Rachmanis. She's preparing all this stuff she's going to give over, you know. It's her first time she's teaching, and she's got a lesson plan, and, and she's all excited. She's got all this material she worked on. And then, and then there's the kid. And it's not just one. There's like a, a bunch. And what are you doing? Sit down. Where are you going? Wait. Oh, Mara, I really like your dress. What? Like in the middle, right? Boys do different kind of things. Just whatever, turn over the table or something. But a girl will say, in the middle of nowhere, she says, the girl says, Mario, that's such a cute outfit. And she says, like, what am I, like, what are you talking about in the middle here? <laughs> it's such a cute outfit. But they, they just can't, you know, they can't you know control themselves. You know what started this, believe it or not? Sesame Street, Electric Company, the education became so... Ent- entertaining. Entertaining. That the teacher Every teacher has to put on a show. I never thought of that, but I guess I, I, I guess when I was a kid, there was a romper room. I don't, you, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that. No, but I hated that. I, my mother wanted me to watch it, and I said, stupid. She looked into a glitch, I see Joey, I see Bobby. I said, see, what are you in the V? I remember I said, I'm not watching this stuff. I wanted to watch, like, you know, the, I wanted to watch, like, uh, ben, ben Casey, Lost in Space, Twilight Zone, you know. Yeah, Hogan's, yeah. Or something. <laughs> My mother says to watch. She wanted me to watch like these little children's things. I couldn't stand any of that stuff. <laughs> Only on Sunday morning when they had the Christian shows, I liked watching those. And my, <laughs> my mother would walk in. She would hear. She would say, "What are you watching?" And say, "This is the cartoon." She would hear like something Davey. about Yashka. And my mother. <laughs> oh, Davey. Davey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Davy and Goliath. You're not. You're not that old. How do you know that? I am. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? Fifty-three. 
Oh, so you remember that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dave Ingalad. So my mother comes and says, what are you watching? I said, I don't know. It's about a little dog and the kid. And the kid. I said, a show. <laughs> Every week she comes. To Sunday morning, they had all those Gaisha things on. Until the Bowery Boys would come on or something. Until, <clears throat> you had to watch the, the Christian cartoons. I thought they were fun. But at some point I saw they start talking about God. I, and I understood that. But until that, it was fine. Okay, this is what we did when we were younger. Somehow, somehow they kept us like uh, under control. But nowadays, nowadays there are scary alternatives that are being sought. But but this is this is the the point of chesedus is to is to is to address that deeper deeper part of the person to get to the koach nefesh to get to the koach nefesh and and how to fix the koach nefesh which includes the contemplation of those ideas which are in consonance with one's level of understanding and a material which also can be understood by and is able to arouse the heart, to arouse the heart through the intellect, through the mind, to focus on those, on, on the inner essence which arouses the heart. So now we could, once the heart is aroused, so we could take that energy and we could, we could use it for something really great. Both the godly soul and the intellectual soul have, have emotional attributes or character traits. The intellectual soul is naturally drawn to that which is below it, and the godly soul is naturally drawn to that which is above it. To transform the nature of one's midas, one is to transform the midas of both these souls. This is a very big Indian. He's just we're not going into this now in any kind of details, but I think everybody understands the basic point. Thus, the intellectual soul should recognize the performance of a mitzvah, should recognize that performance of a mitzvah should be because it is God's commandment and not because it is rationally acceptable. To move to a higher level. The lower level of using the intellectual soul is to rationalize why this mitzvah is a good thing. So to those mitzvahs that you could do that, that's why you had many from that were written. To rationalize the mitzvahs. Now you know that I've told you this many times already, the Maharal was very upset about these about these farm. And Chassidus has no tam, the tam mitzvahs, does not enjoy this whole Indian of rationalizing mitzvahs, even though it's something that's interesting to learn. But the tachlis, the tachlis is, of course, is not, is not what this rabbi said is a, a nice explanation why we put on tefillin or why we keep Shabbos, which is a lot of the speeches that we heard growing up is all about that stuff, about what, the, what Shabbos, you know, how it, what it does for you and how it, so so forth, all of that. The tachlis, of course, of the tikkun is not that, to rationalize it, uh, to lower it to the human intellect, but rather the tachlis is because it's Hashem's commandment. Avoid Hashem. And not because it is rationally acceptable. Not that you can't study those things, although there were those who were opposed to even studying them. But not that you can't uh, think about those things, but that's not the tachlis. Therefore, we know that the tachlis of davening is not even understanding the words. That's an important part to understand. The tachlis is bitl tashem is baruch, and is, and is the, the shemus and the oisius and so on, not, not understanding perusha uh, milos and perusha tfilos and so on. Consequently, one transcends the confines of reason in pursuit of this. The tikkun is to, is to transcend one's intellect, to get higher than reason, to get higher than... You need the intellect to, to, to work with, that's the, the instrument, but the tachlis is to go beyond the intellect. Conversely, the midos of the godly soul naturally desire to depart their physical holding. The body, and, and it should be, and be absorbed in their source, God. These midos, 
the midas of the nefesh kiss. The, the nefesh kiss, which the tiny compares to the candle that wants to go, the fire that wants to go away from the candle, it's flickering away from the candle. The nefesh kiss does not want to be bothered with the body. It wants to get out of the body. The nefesh kiss is troubled and constantly held back by the goof, the nefesh kiss. It wants to just return to the source of, of everything, which is God. To be the neshama is chalishing, the nefshel kiss is chalishing to get out of the guf. Doesn't want to have anything to do with the guf. But that's not the tachas of being in this world. These midas can be transformed by directing them towards the service of God in this physical world, which of course is the focal point of chesidus. How to eat bikdusha? The nefshel kiss on its own doesn't want to eat. What do I have to eat? Nefshel kiss doesn't want to eat. Doesn't want to, food to the nefshel kiss is, is obscene. Doesn't want to eat. But that's not the tachlis. The tachlis is that the nefeshel kiss should be trained, should be trained how to eat, how eating itself can be transformed into service of God. How eating itself can be can give satisfaction to the nefeshel kiss. Eating is not just to fill the stomach. That's the nefeshel Bahamas. Eating, to, eating, so the nefeshel kiss, it's intuitive, the nefeshel kiss intuitively is disgusted with food. The nefeshel kiss is disgusted with food. The, the, the point of chesidus is to, to train the nefeshel kiss, to reveal to the nefeshel kiss how eating can be something that is pleasurable for the nefeshel kiss. Tzadik ochel sova nefeshel. That the tzaddik eats for the satisfaction of his soul. But he shouldn't be fat, right? <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> there were tzaddik more heavy. But that, and, and he's that, supposed uh, to reroute that, right? That passion? It should be, it, it should be done in a, in, a, in a healthy way. But there were, there were tzaddik that their avoda was very much with eating, and they were known for that. I'm talking that not in our times. That's already, it's a very hard medrega. There were tzaddik that ate unusual amounts of food and had no shaykhs to the physical Indian. But it was something else, and they were very heavy. But uh, we know more about health now and, and healthy eating and and, uh, and taking care of our bodies than they did in the past. Yes. Is, is that where maybe the brof, making brothel food gets that connection? Not maybe. Of course, that's part of the that's part of uh, of that's that's one of the most important tools that we have to 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 focus on uh, when it comes to eating. But there are many things. There are many other things that that uh, in kedushas achila, the whole Indian of eating is a very big sugi in chesidus. Which, which, again, in the Musa's farm, the subject of eating is hardly discussed. When you look in the Musa's farm, all you see basically is, stop eating. <laughs> you're, you're eating too much. You're a pig. That's really, that's really, if you could sum up what you find in the Musa, you're eating too much, stop eating. Eating is, is, is an animal thing. Fine people eat much less or fast a lot and so on. Hasidus and Chassidus absolutely went beyond that. And therefore, the subject of achila of eating is a very big, very, very big topic. There are svarim chesidus on the subject of eating, bikdusha, of eating bikdusha, of, of of how eating itself satisfies the nefesh elokis, because the nefesh elokis on its own naturally resists such a thing, uh, putting putting a physical object into one's mouth, putting food into one's mouth. It's, it, it abhors that. The tachlis is. To show the nefeshelah kiss, that the intellect, the nefeshelah sichlis in the nefeshelah kiss, shows the nefeshelah kiss how this too can be satisfying, not f- because of its taste, 
not because of its taste, or even even on a basic level, you could work with the taste as well, but because of of of, of what eating essentially is, which is not for now. We're not going to go into that. It's just an example. They can be transformed. This this is what's meant in changing the very nature of one's character. It doesn't mean to make you, God forbid, into a different person. Change the nature of one's character. Everything is now directed towards Elokus. That's something that Chassidus is focused on, that, is, that, that was a chiddush of Chassidus. Again, the Makaris are all found in Chazal. The sources are all in Chazal. And in Tanakh. But the Balsham Tov and the Tamri Balsham brought all of these together and and um, and focused our avoda in this new mahalach that came down from Shemaim that we've been learning about, which is called avodas chasidus. So we're up to um, we're up to four, right? We're up to four. Okay, we'll continue with Shem. We'll continue next day of Shabbos. If you have, look at home. You might have the cipher. I have one, but should I try to put together like an order of Swarm? Is it going to be doing it for a while? Yeah, yeah, but first let's see who has it. I think somebody, because we gave this out years ago. Uh, a couple years ago, I think, I think the Chevy here has it. It's weird when you remember that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes up. Oh, yeah. It's there, it's there. It's on file. It's <laughs> I mean, the founder of Zcash has been for a couple of minutes. Thank you. 
Thank you. 